Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. So we're going to start a series today for all the Christmas fanatics. You know, part, there's part of me, I have like a rebelliousness in me. I don't know if that's a word, rebelliousness in me. Um, that oftentimes around the, these times of year you have Christmas, you're supposed to do like a Christmas sermon, you know? You're supposed to do like a Christmas uh, series. And then around Easter, you do like an Easter series. I used to be like really rebellious and like, no, I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about the birth of Jesus at Easter, and I'm going to talk about the crucifixion at Christmas. Amen? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to mess with everybody. But I'm just, for you, we're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to talk about the birth of Jesus, and we're going to do a series called Prepare Him Room. Prepare Him Room. And during this series, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some very obvious. Luke is the traditional. We would take that, the Luke, the Gospel account of Luke, and you would read it at Christmas and um, that sort of thing. And then other Gospels, maybe like uh, Matthew today, I'll, I'll show you in Matthew as we read that, you would hear very traditional. But Matthew, Mark, when you go to Mark, which we'll dive in next week, there's not really like, there's not the birth of Jesus, that that story doesn't find itself in the gospel of Mark, but what you do see is you do see um, John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. We'll talk about that next week, and then in John, you see the word became flesh. You see like this throwback to and reference to Jesus coming into the world, so we're going to have fun with this. It's going to be good, but today we're going to be in Matthew, so let me read to you Matthew chapter 1 today um, and just tickle the ears of everybody who loves the Christmas story, okay? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, listen, if you haven't grown up in church traditionally, or if you have, you should see this story in a different light. I mean, this is scandalous. Like, if you just, re- like, you're used to reading this if you've gone to church, you know? You're used to read, but, like, if you just think about this story, it, this is scandalous. Joseph is about to get married to Mary, and she's all of a sudden pregnant, and they, they didn't do anything ahead of time for that to happen. And now Joseph, you must be thinking, what's going on in Joseph's mind? And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. That was nice of him, because most people would probably put her on blast on social media, ruin her name, talk about it in town. I can't believe she did this to me. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Let's pray over the word. Father, today we thank you for your word, that it does not return to you void without accomplishing what you want it to do. God, whether it be the Christmas story or a verse out of Leviticus, God, your word is living, it's active, and we thank you that it transforms our heart. Let us receive you today. God, we prepare room for you in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts. God, help us to not just know about you, not just to go to a, a lesson today, but to encounter you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. When we, um, when we moved to Germany, how many of you in here have moved overseas? You've moved overseas? So when we moved to Germany, we had these... Um, we had five black boxes, five black boxes. We didn't take the ship, our stuff on a container route. We sold everything. We put what we did want to keep in five black boxes and five large suitcases, okay? Simi would remember taking these five black boxes from the airport delivering them to his garage because we lived in his cellar for three years. That sounds a little crazy, but he has a really nice cellar. And we took these five black, black boxes, and I remember the night before our flight, Megan and I, after the kids were in bed, two kids at the time, sitting around my mom's living room, having a very intense conversation, a.k.a. an argument. And what we were discussing and what we were doing was, is we were shoving things into these black boxes. We were weighing ourselves on the scale, which was not very fun either. And then picking up the black box and doing math to see how much the black box weighed to see if we were going to be charged extra at the airlines. Because we didn't want to spend any extra than we had to. And then we would take it down, and we were shifting things from box to box to box. And the arguments took place, and what is priority here? You know what I'm saying? Do we take the picture of our family? Do we take the silverware? The silverware is heavy, but I like the silverware. I bought this because I liked it. What about this thing that hangs on the wall? This is really nice. And do we take that? Do we take this? We even shoved pillows in there because we heard that the pillows are not the same in Germany. Have you noticed that their pillows are square? Everybody's mad about it here for some reason. H&M Home has hotel-style pillows, just tip of the day. And we shoved our pillows in this thing. I mean, if... if, if uh, if, if the people, like, open this thing up, we zip-tied it together. If they were to cut the zip-ties, we duct-taped extra zip-ties so that they could zip-tie it back in case they open it up and saw, like, these guys got pillows and silverware. What are they doing, you know? What is in this thing? 
half of which I don't think we even have anymore that ended up in those black boxes. We're shoving things in here, trying to decide in our mind what is priority and what's not. We were preparing room for things that were priority in our life. I want to talk to you today on this idea or this theme, break the box. Turn to the person next to you that you really love and say, break the box. Online, put it in the chat. <laughs> break the box. Tell, your, tell the person sitting next to you. Break the box. Because I oftentimes in our relationship with God, in our going and attending church, in our perception of Christianity, in our perception of God, we easily begin to put him in a box. We put our Christianity in a box. We put God in a box. And we prioritize those boxes in certain orders. And we say, I want to fit this in the box, but this is so big that I don't know if I can fit that. And we begin to say, okay, what's priority here? Is, is work priority, is family priority, and we juggle the boxes of life so often trying to fit things in, and then eventually we say, okay, we can fit God into this space right here. And like Megan and I shoving pillows in, we're like, get in there, God! Get in my box! Because I'm a Christian, and I need to have you on there in, the, in my box. Otherwise, I'm not a Christian. Are you following me? We like to fit God in the box. See, the, the fact, I just want you to step into Joseph's shoes for a moment. Joseph, here he is, a devout Jew, very religious, would have known the Torah, would have known Scripture. And, and here he is about to marry the love of his life. The wedding preparations are happening. The plan is there. Mary, if Mary was like any of uh, the women today, she would have probably already had, since she was a little girl, an idea of her wedding, which would have happened in this time over multiple days. This is the dress I'm going to wear. These are the flowers. These are the centerpieces. Mason jars. Nobody. <laughs> we had mason jars at our way. This is the prepper. And, and, and everything would have been leading to this day. And then Joseph would have gotten the news that his wife was pregnant. And he knows it wasn't him. And he's thinking, what happened? And so, in, so what he decides to do is he's going to divorce her. He's going to do it, not just divorce her, he's going to do it quietly so that she doesn't have shame in the community. What Joseph was about to do would have been the right thing to do under the law. It would have been the right biblical, if you will, thing to do. It says to divorce if there's any adultery. This is what the law says. This is what Joseph would have been devout to. This is what I know. This is what I've grown up in. This is my culture. Divorce your wife. And not only, he would have, have, he, he would have every right, and it would have been the right thing to do, to divorce his wife. 
finding out that she was pregnant and finding out that she was pregnant with this crazy story that the Holy Spirit did it. Not only is she pregnant, she's mental. I can't live with this. The Holy Spirit did it. Not only did he, was he devout and would have done the right thing, he was very honorable, and he was going to do it quietly so that she wouldn't have shame. He wanted to keep her image as much as possible intact without blasting it across the community. He's, he's thinking, I, I, he, here's Joseph, this devout Jew, but also this very honorable man. Joseph was completely right in what he was about to do, but yet completely wrong. Because then all of a sudden, he has this plan. He has this idea in a box. I'm going to divorce her. This is what the law says. This is what my knowledge of Christianity is. This is what I'm meant to do, and I'm going to do it because I'm an honorable man. I'm going to do it quietly. And he put, the, he put this in a box. This is my plan. And then all of a sudden, he has a dream that only takes place if God visits you or you drank too much NyQuil, cough medicine, and an angel of the Lord visits him and tells him, do not divorce your wife. Continue with the plan. And when the baby is born, name him Jesus because he's going to be the savior of the world. If I'm waking up, and I'm Joseph. I'm thinking, <laughs> splashing water on my face. What is going on? And this dream must have been so vivid. Because I don't know if, if I would have thought a dream like this. He must have had this encounter that broke his box. That took out whatever he knew about Christianity. Out of this box and said, it's not what you thought it was. It's not everything. You've put it in a religious box. And I want to show you, I'm about to do a miracle in your life, but if you continue to keep me in a box thinking that this is the way I work, you will not experience that miracle. You're about to divorce the very calling on your life. Your calling is to be the father of, the, of Jesus, the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. What if Joseph would have divorced Mary? He would have divorced his calling. He would have divorced everything that God was trying to do in his life. I want to tell you today three different boxes that I think we should break. Three different boxes. We should break the box, by the way, is anybody familiar with this tape? Is any of this kind of stuff showing up at your doorstep? This was an easy sermon illustration to find these days. We, we need to break the box of our comfort. Can I just be so honest with you that God does not fit in my comfort zone? God does not fit in your comfort zone. God does not operate with, well, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm only comfortable with this, so God, can you just do this stuff? I'm cool, with the, I'm cool with the whole 
Jesus preaching on the mount. Jesus, but when you, when you raised Lazarus from the dead, that was weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can sometimes put God in, a, in our boxes of comfort, and because we've put him in this box, we don't experience him in the way that he wants us to experience him. I'm comfortable with Jesus giving me peace, but not healing. I'm comfortable with Jesus saying, love your neighbor, but it's too uncomfortable for me to forgive those who've hurt me. You know? I, I'm, comfortable, I'm comfortable with saying that, that God says you'll be blessed, but I'm not comfortable with giving. I'm comfortable with Jesus saying um, others are saved. I'm comfortable with hearing the testimony about the drug addict and the, the person far from God and this person healed or this person come to know God. But I'm not comfortable with Jesus dealing with my mess. And we tend to put God in our comfort zones and not experience him in the way that you should experience him. In the fullness that you should experience him. Comfort, see, comfort is where we hide when we're scared. When we're scared of the unknown, we, we, tend, to, we tend to come back into our boxes of comfort and we say, oh, that's too much, I'm going to come back here. That's, that, that's too far out there. I, I don't know what's next. I don't know if I can step out in faith. And we tend to hide there when we're scared. Can I tell you that comfort stunts your growth? In every area of your life, comfort will stunt your growth. Because the only comfort that the Bible mentions is the Holy Spirit, and He is our comforter. But He also empowers us to do things that are outside of our realm of understanding and outside of our realm of ability. So, he, so Holy Spirit challenges me to step out, but also comforts me in my challenge. But I can't experience Holy Spirit's comfort if I'm not willing for Holy Spirit to allow him into my life, for Holy Spirit to challenge me. And what we do is we rely on our own comfort. Did your parents ever tell you coffee stunts your growth? I don't even know if that's true. Maybe it is because I did drink coffee and I'm not very tall, but I'm here to tell you that comfort stunts your growth. That if you always live in your comfort zone and do what feels comfortable, you will never grow. On the other side of comfort is a miracle waiting to happen. We need to, we need to break the box of our comfort zone. Get rid of our comfort. Uh, allow God to do something that is outside of our comfort. Be open to what God wants to do outside of our comfort zone. We also need to break the box of tradition. First, we need to break this box so I can get tradition out. We need to break the box of tradition. Because oftentimes we put God in the box of tradition. This is what I grew up learning. This is what I grew up, grew up knowing. This is how I operate. This is what I know. This is my tradition. Tradition isn't bad unless we box God into it. And we say, I grew up this way, learning this. 
this is my cultural tradition. This is my uh, church tradition. This is my Christian tradition. So this must be how God operates. But this isn't always how God operates. God doesn't operate in my tradition. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. And I had a, we had a certain way about going about things. And if I would have said only God, only God can do something when there's pews with a red carpet on it. And God can only do stuff when we sing uh, the doxology at the end of service. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's when God moves. That's when the service is over. We didn't talk much about Holy Spirit. If I thought, okay, well, then that's just a thing that nobody talks about. Holy Spirit's mystical, and okay, we just don't mess with that. And if I would have bought God into that, I would have never experienced the fullness of everything that God had for me. Equally, if I box God into a non-denominational, charismatic worship team with a guitar and electric drums in a cinema, then I would also be wrong. Because God can meet me in a Presbyterian church when I have to sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sing the doxology, clap my hands to make sure that the tradition, the, the transition for the pastor to come up that takes a whole minute is good, and I feel awkward, you know. If, if God can move in that setting just as much as he can move in this setting. And if I box God into my tradition and how I grew up, then I'm going to limit God to do what only I think he can do not what he can do. That's why God says, I can do more than you ask or imagine. I'm here to break your barriers. I'm here to break the boxes that you've put in your life. He wants to break the box of our tradition. He came, he came to dismantle religion. Jesus came to, this, is, this was the tension that Joseph would have felt, the difference between religion and a relationship with God. Religion says, if you don't check these boxes, if you don't do these things, then God doesn't approve of you, God doesn't like you, and God is even standing with his lightning bolts ready to spite you, and don't come to a church, don't come to a service if you've done something wrong because God is going to do something bad in your life. Religion says, I've got to work my way to experience God, and as soon as I fail, I don't get to experience him. If I mess up, then he's farther from me. If I, if I do something wrong, then he's distanced himself from me. That's what religion says. But relationship says that Jesus came to die on a cross, raised from the dead, so that no matter what I do, he's never left me nor forsaken me. He's with me. He, I, I, have, I can have a relationship with him, and if anybody walks away, it's me, not him. We have to break the box of tradition. And if we lean into the voice of God, and if we lean into what God wants to do, then it's going to disrupt your tradition a little bit. God disrupts my American tradition. God 
will disrupt your cultural tradition. Not just your religious background. He will disrupt your culture. He will disrupt your religious background and tradition. He will disrupt it if you let him in a good way. And he will help you break the box of what you used to know and experience him. And this is why we have the word of God, because the word of God is truth, not my tradition. And sometimes we lean on, on, on the truth of our tradition and not the truth of God's word. And you say, no, this is what God, th- th- this is what I believe, or this is what God says. Well, where does it say that in the word? Oh, I don't know. That's how I grew up. Well, we need to look to see what God's word says, because this is truth, and this is life. He wants to break the box of tradition. And lastly, he wants to break the box of my expectations. He wants to break the box of my expectations. He wants to do something outside of what I expect. Because maybe you came expecting even to church today. You came expecting because maybe you come every Sunday or you log in every Sunday and you think, cool, four songs and a message and hopefully I'm going to be encouraged. Hopefully the worship, hopefully they sing my favorite song. Here I am to worship, throwback, you know, thank you worship team. And we come and we thank the worship team afterwards and we say, thank you so much for singing that. Hey, can you just take a request for next week, you know, and because that's my jam. And man, I really love that message or actually he could have probably done better um, because uh, that's not what I'm dealing with today. And uh, hopefully next week I could walk away encouraged and we, we can come expecting the same thing every week and we become familiar with an experience and not in a relationship with Jesus. There's a difference between what uh, my experience and my relationship. If I, if I come expecting the same thing every week, then I'm going to get the same thing every week. But if I come expecting for God to do something fresh and new in my life, if I'm come expecting the unexpected, if you will, then God will move because I've broken the box of my expectation. I've broken the box of what I've tried to put him inside. Jesus, I'm I'm coming expecting good worship today. Well, what if God wants to heal something in your heart that was that was wounded, that was damaged from when you were a little boy or a little girl and you grew up going to church and the church hurt you and some spiritual leader hurt you, what if God wants to disrupt what you you expect and just to be encouraged, but he wants to actually heal and touch a place in your heart so that you can walk in true freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and I'm not meant to walk into God's presence and to be in God's presence and still be bound by my past. What if God wants to heal you? What, what, if, what if God wants to heal the sickness in your body? But I'm not coming expecting the unexpected. Oh, that's not for me. That word, that's not for me. God, I've never seen God heal. I've never experienced his healing. So that my expectation is, is that he doesn't do it, at least in me. I, I, I read it in the word, so he does it in the word, I guess. He does it in the past. He rose Lazarus from the dead, cool, great stories, but he doesn't do it in my life. That's my expectation. 
if we don't break the box of our expectations, he will not move. He, 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 we will not experience him outside of our expectations. Because can I just, can I just tell you for a moment, and worship team, you could come, because I need to wrap this up, pun intended. Um, what, here's what can happen in my relationship with God. You've gone maybe to church. You've experienced Christians. You've experienced spiritual leaders maybe. And you got hurt because somebody in the church gossiped about you or gossiped about your family. And the pastor even unknowingly or knowingly maybe spiritually abused you or your family. And you walked away from Christianity, you walked away from the body of Christ and maybe said, I'm just going to have my relationship outside of the church with God. And what happens is, is over time we build walls and we build our own boxes that we put God in. My boss used to say uh, that I used to work for before I worked at the church. He said, I said, hey, 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 David, his name's David. I said, hey, David. You can come to church with me this Sunday. I was, I was like, I was fired up because I had just given my life to Jesus and I was like 20 years old. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to win my whole workplace to Jesus. You know, you're going to come to church with me today, boss. You know, this Sunday. He said, Daniel, my church is the golf course. Amen. God speaks to me there. But really what was happening on the inside was is that he had experienced some things at church that hurt him and he didn't want to go there anymore and maybe we we boxed God in because we prayed for somebody to be healed and we prayed God would you take this away would you do something and then it didn't happen and so that we built another wall okay God doesn't do that and maybe somebody hurt us who was supposed to love us because they were absent or they were abusive and we build another wall. That, that must be what love is. And so if God is a loving God, how could he let that happen? So that must be what love is. And so because I experienced a very critical father, can I just say this today? Because I experienced a very critical dad, physical dad, and because I experienced maybe even a verbally abusive or verbally absent, affirmation absent father, then I've actually put God into the same box because he's my, he's my heavenly father and so that must be what dads are like. And so I've put him in that box. And so I've never been able to experience him in that way because I've put up walls. This isn't God saying, hey, I don't wanna do something in your life because you've put me in a box. This is me putting up walls because I've been hurt, because I've had experiences, because I've had preconceived notions before. I went to, like I said, I went to a Presbyterian church and my perspective of God had always been that he was distant and I had a long uh, distance relationship with him because that's how I was with my dad. We had a long distance relationship and we have a great relationship today. But I, I perceived that God was, I ha if I didn't pray the right prayer, then maybe my prayer wouldn't reach 
and then I only prayed when I needed something and that was my relationship with God and I came to church out of obligation as a kid and then when I didn't have to I didn't and I put God into this box this is the way it is and I don't I don't actually want to go follow the, all those rules that Christians say that they they follow and that's a that's a I don't want to do all that, so I'm just going to kind of maybe distance myself. and I'm going to put God in a box. You know what? I, I used to say, I don't know if I ever said it out loud or if I said it internally, but I said, when I get older and have kids, then I'll go to church because I want them to grow up in a good environment, you know? I want, I want to go to church when I have kids, but right now I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to leave God in a box over here. And I remember God radically changed my heart, and that's for another day. I, I, I had an I, I had. I had an encounter with, with him where I heard his, I, I didn't hear his voice audibly, maybe, or have a dream, crazy dream like Joseph did, but I was really broken, and I heard God speak to my heart, probably the most clearly I've ever heard him speak to me, and he said, Daniel, you've put all this stuff before me, now you've backed yourself into a corner, and really, I'd put him in a box. I said, God, I want to live for you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Essentially, what I was saying is, God, I'm all in. I want to live for you. And I was all in at that point. I started going to a church in a cinema like this. And, but I had God in a box, and people were lifting their hands. I was like, because we don't do that in the Presbyterian church, you know. Maybe one person if they had a question. Why are they lifting their hands, you know? Then I went to this night of worship with a bunch of young adults, and they're crying, you know. And hey, hey, listen, I'm a single young adult, so I'm worshiping with my eyes open because I'm like, there's potential wives in here. Who's who's got their hands lifted the highest, you know? And I remember that I remember this moment where I felt God say, Get on your knees. I'm like, I don't get on my knees unless I'm looking for something, you know? And especially in front of all these people. And I just I, I remember I sat down, there was pews in this church. I sat down. Like this? Is this good? <laughs> and I just felt like this pool, you know? And before I knew it, my knees hit the ground. And as soon as my knees made contact with the ground, like tears started to come. I'm like, God, why are you doing this right now? All these girls can see me. Why are you doing this? And what God was doing was is he was breaking the box that I put him in. He was breaking the box that I put him in. God wants to break the boxes that we've put him in if we will let him and we will lean into his word. Because the, the revelation that Joseph got was this. He shall be called Emmanuel. Joseph only knew God as the God who is far away, who is distant. The God of Israel who is in pillars of fire and clouds of smoke who is inside the tabernacle, inside the holy of holies and only people who were anointed could go in and only people who had no not sinned and had their sins atoned for could go in otherwise they would die before the presence of God. This is how Joseph knew God. And God said he will be called Emmanuel. That was a revelation for Joseph to know that the very thing that I almost walked away from was God with us. I want you to know today that God is not in a box. 
so don't put him in one. God is never, was never intended to be in any box that humanity or I could create. But if I lean into what he wants to do, then I can, I can experience a God, Emmanuel, who is with us. He's with us. Stand to your feet today. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Matthew 28 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth I give, has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you when you're doing the right stuff. I'm with you when you go to church. I'm with you when uh, you, you haven't sinned in a few days, 24 hours, rinse and repeat. I'm with, no, 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 no. I am with you always, no stipulations, to the end of the age. I'm with you always. I'm with you always to the end of the age. And we're going to take communion. You would have gotten one of these communion cups in your hand, um, and if you didn't, signal one of the stewards and they can give you one thank you Mike just uh, if I could Jesus in fact to his disciples took communion and don't feel obligated to take communion today by the way if maybe maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus you're like what is all this about this communion is about our covenant and our relationship and our decision to follow Jesus and I want to give us an opportunity maybe in the room if you've never made that decision. We do this every Sunday to give you an opportunity online or in the room to make a decision to follow Jesus, to say you're the Lord of my life. I'm not putting you in a box anymore. I'm, I'm experiencing you as Emmanuel, God with us, and you are the Lord. Jesus said to his disciples about the wine, he said, this is my blood shed for you. And he broke some bread. This is my body broken for you. And what he was saying was, this is a covenant. This is a spiritual contract I'm making that I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You've got stuff going on in your world, and I am not distant. I am here with you. I see the pain. I see the hurt. I see the struggle. I haven't forgotten you. I'm not busy doing something else. I, I shed my blood on the cross I died so that I could have relationship with you and be Emmanuel God with us and now in us the same spirit who rose Christ from the dead lives in us to those who believe in him and my body was broken so you don't have to be broken so you don't have to live in your brokenness can we close our eyes today before we take communion and then I'll pray over the communion. If you're online today or you're in the room and you say, today I want to make the greatest decision I ever will make and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. 
I surrender to you. Similar to the time when I, when I was in a broken situation, I just said, God, I'm all in. I want to pray for you today. Just from this moment right here, I want to pray for you if you're making that decision. I want us all to pray together. The Bible says when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. That Jesus is Lord, not just Savior, but he's Lord, meaning I'm submitting to him. I'm surrendering to his will. And here at Destiny, we don't just leave it at, hey, cool, you're saved, high five, because so many questions come after that. We want to help walk with you in that journey, because then after that, you're going to be like, how do I, what do I do now? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to read Genesis to Revelation now in a year, or what am I supposed to do? Well, we want to help you walk that out and show you that it's not about religion, that it's about relationship. God has so much grace, full of grace and full of mercy. And we'll mess up. We won't be perfect. But that's why he is. If you're in here today or you're watching online with all eyes closed, can you just, I just want to know who I'm praying for. Nobody's going to call anybody down front or anything like that or call you out. I just want to know maybe who I'm praying for so we can connect you with some resources even on what, what happens next. Say, I want to make that decision today or I want to come back to him. Maybe I've walked away. Can you just lift a hand in the air and say, that's me. If you're watching online, making this decision today as well. Say, that's me. I want to make that decision today. For the first time, come back to him. You just lift a hand in the air. Can everybody pray with me? Say, Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you've forgiven my sins. You are the Lord of my life, and I surrender to you. Not my will, but yours. Not my plans, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to take communion. If you haven't figured it out yet, you peel the little plastic off the top first, and then the, then the other plastic, and then you gets the juice there. It's not, the, it's not about the quality of bread or juice. It's about what this represents. It, it, it's, it's, it, the power is in the remembering what God did. Thank you, God, for your body that was broken for us. Thank you for your blood that was shed for us. We, we remember you today. We honor you today. And we break out of the boxes that we put you in. And we remember who you are. And we remember that you're God with us. God, would you reveal yourself to us in new ways today that we've never seen you or experienced you? And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the bread and the juice. Let us sing one last time as we...